Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever, whatever time in the world you're listening to this podcast. Welcome to 11 Pieces of Me. Thanks to Man in the Post, we're getting to bring this series back. It's a fun show where guests get to come on and talk about some of their favourite players of the past. Not always the best, just players that meant something to them growing up. I'm your host, Ali, and joining me is my regular co-host, Ryan. How's you, Ryan? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Glad to have this back. Um, you never got to come on the last time, so you excited didn't. for this? So I've definitely I've definitely been elevated, you know, never been on to suddenly, you know, being a co-host. It's great. Oh, that's good. It's 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 really fun. I'm I'm so glad when Ross asked me to bring this back. So can't thank him enough, and thank you for for joining me on a regular basis. It's all right. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I think I'm going to set the bar incredibly low. So <laughs> see, I'm excited that, to see what people well, are going to do. That's good because that's what I did, and it can only get better from there. Exactly. So it's good that you know I'm on the first one. I can get out of the way, and then Ross can come back and put Mark Viduka up front. And you know, since he's the owner of everything, it would have to be law. Well, that's it. We can't do nothing about it. So the, the first show for, for all the new listeners, um, it's just going to be me and Ryan going through our teams. Um, generally, it's going to be guests coming on every week. Um, the rules, pretty simple. We pick a formation each, pick a player for each formation, each formation, each position, uh, and choose a captain. Um, no one knows our teams before the show, just so we can get a natural reaction on the, on the show as we go along. So, Ryan... What yes. formation have you chosen? I've got a three-four-three. That's my that's my that's my FIFA and Pro Evo formation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although the way I've drawn it out, it's more like three-three-one-three. Now, see, now that I can appreciate that, you know, where you where you're taking time to to think of, you're not just throwing a player in there. I've got it all planned out. That's good. Right. Well, I'll let you start first. If you give me your goalkeeper. So. This was really difficult because a lot of the goalkeepers that I I, I resonate with are still playing. Um, but I, oh, I haven't actually checked this one. Um, is I assume he's retired because he's flipping ancient. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is the, the, the German former goalkeeper Oliver Kahn, right? Oh, he must be. He must be retired. Yeah, he, he has. He has. We we're all good. Um, but you know. Great goalkeeper, and the biggest reason I've put him in is because I was thinking of all these different goalkeepers, and then I thought England five, Germany one. It's irrelevant of whether he let five goals in. Uh, it was just a great night, and I'll always remember him getting spanked uh, on the pitch. But he's a good, he was a good goalkeeper. Yeah, so. he, he was just so mental as well. He was just which is which is another big reason. I mean. I, I don't know, if I put him in there and then you've got attackers coming at him, he's just going to scare them off anyway, so I'm all good. Yeah, I mean, this is the hardest position um, to choose in this game. Because I, I think 
say next year or maybe the year after, whenever Buffon decides to retire, I think universally Buffon is going to be everybody's choice. It can be so easy for everyone, yeah, just to pick. Yeah, and, and I mean, unless you're going to just pick a goalkeeper from your own club's past. Um, but I'm a, I mean, I'm a Liverpool fan. We don't have many that I want to choose who are retired that I seen anyway. So I mean, this was the hardest pick, definitely. But Can's a great choice, and that, that game is. I, I always remember it because it's five Liverpool goal scorers. Um, in that game as well. Oh, I've never actually thought about it that way. Yeah, uh, is there not an Owen hat trick? Hesse got one, and Gerard got the Gerard, and Haman yeah. scored for Germany. Oh wow, yeah, he did, and he got megged as well, though, if I remember rightly. Well, that's yeah, that's true. <laughs> but oh, in terms of the goal scorers, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's all Liverpool, so it was a standard game. But I mean, that's uh, the reason I pick like that pick as well is because even though, as you say, the game that resonates is a is a game where Can was probably pretty poor in. But, you know, it resonates with you, and it's a game you won't forget. Absolutely. Yeah, it's something that I'll always, I'll always think about. So, I've obviously got my goalkeeper. What's, who's your goalkeeper? Well, now, when I first... I've tried to change it slightly, just for any old listeners that are coming across. Um, I've chose a 3-5-2 formation this time. Okay, and nice. I've picked... The, uh, the, uh, again, I said the goalkeeper is the hardest position to pick. I went for Alan Main. Now, he won't mean a lot to many people outside of Scotland, um, but he was a St Johnston goalkeeper when I was growing up. Um, and just obviously when, like when my dad took me to games when I was much younger, I tried to go to as many Liverpool games as I could with family, but um, the games I got to most regularly was, was Saints, who were just up the road. And Alan Main was the goalkeeper for the majority of that. Um, and he just pulled off some, you know, just little saves that you I remember. I remember going to like a Saints-Dundee game, 7-2, um, just, you know, just the silly moments you remember as kids. You don't really remember much about him, but he was always that one figure. If somebody was to ask, talk to me about Saints, he's the one guy that I always go back to. Um, even when he was at his best, you know, not getting a Scotland cap for probably goalkeepers who were poorer than him, but just because he played for St Johnston, was never going to get picked. So I went for Alan Main this time. That's a good pick. Who who was in your who was your goalkeeper last time? Uh, what's his name? The the old Villarreal keeper, the Valencia keeper, the blonde-haired one. Can't remember his name. Oh, I can't remember his name. Uh, Canazares. Yes, I think that's right. Yeah, yeah. Canazares. Um, just uh, you always remember that bleached blonde hair. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think he was. I think it was between him and the Hagita. You know the. No, it wasn't even him. It was Sheila Bear. Sorry, I'm lying. I, that was Gav's pick. I had Sheila Bear, the Paraguay oh, goalkeeper. I was about to say, that I was. I, I literally just thought about him and thought, actually, he would have been a brilliant pick. Yeah, I mean, he, 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 I don't even know if he was a good goalkeeper, but you just kept hearing about this goalkeeper who could score free kicks and penalties. Um, it was excellent. Yeah, it didn't matter how good of a goalkeeper he is. <laughs> Absolutely. If you get a goalkeeper that can score just one goal in his career, he's automatically better than anybody for me. You know, you just—it's just—it's those moments in football, like, a, that, like you know the silly like Paul Robinson free kick sort of thing that bounces. Oh over. yeah. But those are the ones that just—you know—they they stick to you. It'd always be if you were ever playing like World Cup mode on like FIFA or PES or something, and you'd get Paraguay, you'd be like, yes. I get to play with this goalkeeper. <laughs> yeah, and that, that's all you wanted it for. I mean, I, I still now set my goalkeeper to take my penalties. You know, as childish as it is, it just it feels good. Just to mock your opponent, I like that. Well, 
Right. So, two completely different level of goalkeepers there. So it's a good start. Do you want to give me your first defender, Ryan, and talk about how you're laying this up? Yeah. Um, well, I've got uh, Carlos Puyol in. Um, because, I mean, he's just... Mainly just a, a legendary defender. I mean, you know, you you think of, of great defenders in the past, and he, he's one of them. So there's not one particular moment, but I mean, he was always a scourge when he uh, when Chelsea played against Barcelona in all those Champions League ties, and it's just, I mean, the hair and everything. I, I think it was Puyol. There was a story once that PK had had come back from injury or something. Uh, he walked past Puyol on the pitch. He said to Puyol, uh, "Great to be back." And Puyol said, get on with the game. Or something like that. And that just shows you the level of professionalism and everything that he had. Great pick, yeah. I mean, there's so many videos on YouTube going about Puyol as well. You know, just silly. I mean, people throwing things in the crowd and, you know, defenders trying to complain. And he's, like, throwing away, like, get on with it. Doesn't matter. You know, he just, he seemed the utmost professional. Proper warrior. I mean, for me, I mean, he's completely different to Ramos because Ramos is that... You know, that proper snide, shithousery type defender. Yeah, yeah, he loves it. But, but none of them are great defenders, but their passion and leadership make up for what they lack to, like, your your Maldinis, your Nestors. You know, they're they're not as good as ability-wise, but they're just as important and will be remembered just as highly because of the, the determination, the professionalism, the putting their bodies on the line um, and what they meant to their, to their clubs, obviously. Yeah, 100%. I mean, that's sort of why I picked him. You know, he, he is such a, an icon for that team. And an icon, almost, as you said, is, yeah, okay, not Nestor or, or Maldini, but he's an icon of what a defender should have been. Yeah, he was kind of that crossover into the, the modern era defender. You know, like your Maldinis and your Nestors, you know, you're talking about that elite level, but they were that, you know, perfect, when defending meant defending, you know, like they didn't have to slight tackle because they were so good. Um but Puyo was kind of that crossover where he was, his positional sense was still good, but he was also that, you know, he liked going forward a bit, so he was out of position that little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, it's a good pick, though. I love Puyo, and he'll always be remembered for that hair. Um, oh, well, yeah, I mean, he's, he's one of the few Barcelona players I can, I like and can tolerate. <laughs> and what about your first oh. defender? I'm going to go as my left centre-back first, purely because I think he'll be talked about quite a lot in this programme. So I'm going to go Paulo Maldini. Um, Good choice. For, for me, he's the best defender ever to play football. Um, ever that I've ever that I've ever seen. Sorry, I've, I mean, there's probably a lot going further back that a lot of people can talk about. But Maldini, for me, was just... He oozed class. Um, when I had him in my team before, I cheated and put him at centre-back as well, purely so I could have a left-back. Um, although Maldini excelled at left back, but he was so good that he could play both positions and played it so well. That AC Milan team in the 90s just was filth, um, and it epitomised what defending should be, you know. And when people slag off, like I, I still love a good defensive team now, so long as it's not like a park the bus defensive team, but you know the one who've just got the art of defending done right. Um, yeah. You've got to appreciate it, regardless of if it's against for you or against you. Um, and Maldini just, for me, it was class. Very rarely did you see him slide tackle. Um, as I mentioned earlier, he was just always in the right place, right time. And obviously that lineage of Maldini and the Italian defenders just sums up in, in Maldini for me. 
yeah, he's a great pick. I mean, as you, as we already touched on, you know, one of the, the best defenders of all time, and really, you know, proved proved a lot. Um, but yeah, I mean, brilliant defender, and that's a great pick. Yeah, it's hard to say much more, Maldini, isn't it? It's like uh, there's there's going to be a group of players that will have that kind of just speak for themselves, um, and that's why the the random picks are always always that bit better. A lot like, like Mark Viduka. <laughs> well, I, started, I was gobsmacked. <laughs> I, I was like, I didn't know what to say. I, I, I actually like the pick once once you go over it and you think about it. But I just remember it at the time. I mean, I've got I've got some I've got at least one cracker in here in terms of I don't think he was actually any good, but <laughs> I wanted him in the team. Good, I like. I can't wait for that one. Right, let's take your next defender then. So yes, yeah, so I've got. The way I've gotten it written down, I've got Poyal on the Poyal on the right of the of the three, and in the centre I've got Marcel Desailly. What? Obviously, Chelsea guy. Um, and the the biggest thing for me is just watching watching him play for Chelsea was was great. And I seem to remember I, I had a I, I bought it from the Chelsea Mega Store when I went years and years and years ago to Stamford Bridge, and there was a Chelsea management game. And if I'm right, he was he was on it. And it was on PC, and you play it, and it was basically you managed Chelsea, but you, it was just weird because obviously you couldn't manage anyone else or do anything else. Um, and it had the proper team and everything, but I mean, generally, again, he's one of the people that you know. What can you say about him that no one already knows? Strong, quick, and just a brilliant defender. I, I couldn't agree anymore. Um, I don't want to keep harping on about obviously the first series, but I had him as the, my defensive midfielder. Um, well, that's a good idea. You know, I couldn't get him into my defence for my picks at the time, but I wanted to have him. Um, and it was purely, again, for the time at, at Chelsea, um, but also that France team. Oh, yeah, of course. I just loved that France team. And, and him and Leboeuf, when they played. Oh, yeah, brilliant pairing. And, and Frank Leboeuf's a player I really wanted to have as well. He just There was something about him that he just attached to me. Um, but Desai was just a monster. Um, along with like Michael Essien, for me, are two of the greatest Chelsea have had. And Chelsea are a hard club to like. Um, yeah, out, that's true. That's true. Out, out with their own fan base, um, <laughs> but those players just, you know, they, they were too good not to like. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, but Desai was—he's just a proper leader. Um, I believe was—I believe he was—was was he captain or was he vice captain of the? Uh... The France '98 squad. I can't remember, in truth, because the. I'm trying to think. I can't You'd imagine, imagine so. I mean, he, he, you know, he's seen like the type of guy that was a, a well, leader in one way or another. I'm sure the captain was suspended for the final. That's why I'm thinking. I'm sure he got sent off in the semis, because I'm sure Labouf had to come in and play in the final. Um, because I'm sure the captain used to do the kissing of Barthez's head before the game. Oh uh, yeah. And there was, they had that tradition going, and Labouf took the place in the final. That's the only reason it makes me think it was him or Zidane, but but it's a great pick nonetheless. Um, and I think a lot. I wonder if a lot of people forget that he was at Chelsea. You know, like because for six years. I mean, that's well, the, the crazy thing. You hear people talking of Chelsea players of the past. He's, he's one that gets missed out quite a lot. Yeah, which is a bit random, but I think I think it's because he. I guess you've got a lot of players that used to just get on with a job and didn't. Yeah, and it's probably before things. Chelsea's money as well. Like 
you know, before they became, not before the money, but, you know, before they started buying, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, the top, top onshore players, but if Desai grew into becoming that, the top player. 100%. So, obviously that was my second defender. Who's your second defender? Because you've got th- your three at the back as well, aren't you? Yes. Yeah. So I will go for my right centre-back, where I slightly cheated, where I'm not sure he ever played as a centre-back, but he definitely could. I went with Turam. Um, okay, yeah. Just, I could not have him. He's he's my favourite right-back. Um, easily of all time. Um, and what I always say is, Turam was, was the... Kind of like what I said about Puyol, he was the the first of that modern era right back. You know, he he was so good going forward, um, but he could defend. He's he's like what modern fullbacks wish they could be. There's very few who are good going both ways, um, and Turam could do it. Um, just that that Juventus team in the nineties, um, just Turam was the you know one of the epitome of how they played. And yeah, I, just, yeah. I just loved them so much, um, and I just had to had to shoehorn them in to like the the more central role. That's fair. No, I mean, yeah, I mean, brilliant, brilliant right back as you said, brilliant full back, and definitely paved the way for for sort of the type of players we've got now. Yeah, he kind of just set that set the bar to the level that you that you should be hoping for. I mean, it does say here that. He, he, he does say on his Wikipedia page that he's he's capable of playing both centre back and right back, so you're in the clear. <laughs> I'll, I'll take that. Then. But he's just I, I can you can understand why because he was actually quite big as well. He's quite big and strong. You know, he wasn't kind of your you know your although he was quick, but he wasn't that you know the slim like weak one. Yeah, yeah. Like a lot of fullbacks, and not not a lot. A lot of fullbacks are aren't as strong as say centre backs. Yeah, especially to do the, the going forward as well. So it was just an impressive feature he had. And as I say, it was just that he set the way. I mean, go, be, going in Liverpool, he's what, I think what a lot of Liverpool defenders hope Klein would turn into, you know, with a bit of pace. And, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, You know, it's kind of like that model. And I guess what fullbacks kind of model themselves on or what they should be. I mean, who wants to be a Gary Neville when you could be a Taram type? Yeah. <laughs> so... Big difference yeah, there. So that's Maldini and Tehran for me. That's quite a solid back, missing the, the terrible goalkeeper. So who's yeah. your third and final defender? So I'm cheating a little bit here. Um, and I'll explain why I'm cheating when we get through to the midfield because i got a bit of a tactical switch up, uh, you know, depending on how the game's going. <laughs> uh, i got Roberto Carlos. I wanted him in the team somewhere. And I, I think he could do a job at centre-back. I don't think it would be. It wouldn't. It wouldn't be an amazing job, but it would be a job at least. Um, and the, the the balance of the squad means he can he can roam. Um, but I mean, Roberto Carlos is the, the biggest thing that I'll always remember is playing the football games years ago and, and right getting a free kick for someone and then using him just for the long run up. Yeah, the, yeah. the, the pro evil six for me. The one with the yellow yeah. case. Carlos, yes. I used to play him at left wing. Um, <laughs> he was the first player when you played the Master League and you saved up all your points. Carlos was the first player I'd ever buy and play him as a striker, um, just because his shot was so good and he was so fast. Um, 
As soon as you get a free kick on the edge of the, on on sort of the halfwayish line, you'd think I can score from here. In the wee twinkle toes run up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you've picked him because I I took him out this time because um, I changed two or three at the back. Um, more players have retired since, and I I've totally forgot. My mind went blank when I did this previous. It's difficult. It is difficult to think of people sort of on the spot. Well, you will find Ryan. See, once we get through ten guests. And then you'll, you, somebody will mention a player and you'll be like, bugger, why did I know of him? <laughs> um, and then you go back to thinking about all the times, especially when somebody mentions certain points in their games, and you're like, yeah, I should have. Um, and, I mean, that's what I did with two players that I've had to bring in. Um, but I'm glad you picked Carlos. I mean, I, I'm glad he's, he's easily the best left back the world's seen. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. His, his career is phenomenal. His achievements... Um, the one player I'm gutted that both of us missed out, but he will be um, he will be mentioned as Cafu. Um, well, I did consider it, but at the point I was putting people in, I was like, I think I'm. Well, I was at my limit at that point anyway. Yeah, he'll be a popular choice all the way through it. But Carlos, just okay, just that. It's hard not to remember Carlos and be especially like in the twenty. 20- 40 age group, you know, in that period of time, we've seen so many World Cups, um, and when obviously when we started seeing so much uh, European football, like he's won it. So, so many memorable goals. Um, the, the, the goal, I'll bring this up every time he's mentioned, but <laughs> the goal that's named the impossible goal on YouTube, where he hits the half volley from almost the corner flag. Oh yeah. You know, and curls it right into the back post top corner. Just. Like, that's the sort of things you expected from him. And he, you're right, he could play centre back because he was so big and strong. Well, not big height wise, but bulk and strong. strong you yeah. know, I'm sure there was a, like a record going about when when I was growing up that Carlos's thighs, you know, were bigger than my waist at the time. <laughs> um, he had something like a 30 inch thigh or something. Jesus, I mean, it's thigh. It's just filth. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that when we get through to the midfield, uh, I've got someone that's going to be able to drop in and let him do what he needs to do. So. Yeah, I've been thinking about it. It's a tactical as well. It's not just names on a piece of paper. I've got a lot of lines all over it. You know, I'm well, on. Well, we'll have to get that picture short. Give it. We <laughs> can post that out with it. Yeah, I've not so, gone as far as the lines and and overlapping runs, but uh, so who, who are you? Who are you completing your your back three with? I'm cl- my back three is completing, and it's a player I didn't have last time. And again, I'm so annoyed because. He's one of my favourite defenders purely because he's, he's a Liverpool player. And I've, I've made him my captain as well. So I've gone with Sammy Hippier. Oh, good choice. Just, I mean, if Sammy Hippier was signed in today's game for the price he was signed at from, the team he was signed from, modern fans would just scoff at the idea. Um, he'd come in for such a minimal fee for a team we'd never heard of and just took the league, took Liverpool anyway by storm. The 2005 Champions League run scored my favourite goal in the whole competition um, against Juventus. Um, just such a big game player, um, and I know just that, that you know the blonde hair, like just he had that unique look about him. That he always stood out. You could always tell which who he was um, when you're at the game watching. There was never any doubt. Of, oh, who was that? Um, yeah, you'd know. <laughs> yeah, he's just such a classy defender. I just, oh, I just loved Tapia. Um, and it's, as you say, it's just the moments. And the, the, what this show's about is the moments that resonate with you from the past. And 
you know, that Champions League run for me, I'll never obviously win in the Champions League first time in my lifetime. Um, and he was just huge through it all. I mean, Carragher gets a lot of the praise, and, and rightly so, but Hippie never, ever had to make the, the long-busting challenges because he was always in position. You know, he just... It was a stroll to, to Hippier. Um, yeah. And just ah, just phenomenal. I just loved him during that period. I mean, yeah, great player. I mean, you know, and, and that's the thing, as, as, as we've been saying already, is, you know, there's going to be players from the clubs you support because those are the, the moments that resonate with you the most. Absolutely. I mean... You, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be opposed if somebody came on and gave me eleven players from the team they su- supported. You know, because that's the ones who are giving them the the most moments as fans, and you know that should mean something to them. I, I mean, I know a, a guy who who only watches Liverpool games, so doesn't know players from any team out with who Liverpool are playing, and that's it. You know, he doesn't go and watch any European games or doesn't watch football in his spare time unless Liverpool are playing. So that's to be expected. But for me, I've tried to keep it to a minimum, just purely not to have that bias and go for the players that just stood out. Um, and yeah, happy I completes my defence. And I'm, I'm quite impressed with that defence. We're not going to concede many goals there. No, you're definitely not. I mean, obviously, the, the goalkeeper might be an issue, but your defence is so strong, it's not going to be an issue. Yeah, my my biggest fear is thirty yard shots now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay from from if they're trying to run into the box. I'm okay if I play Arsenal. Um, yeah. But anybody who can who can hit a shot, I'm I'm concerned for. Right. So that's the three defenders that we. Let's take your. Let's take your deepest defender, your your modified centre half defensive midfielder there. Yeah. So. You, you, you mentioned Essien earlier, and I was going to pick him, but I thought, you know what, there's a guy before Essien that made the role famous and, and, and perfected it. Claude Makaleli. Yes. I mean, what a guy. In, in the same way that you see Kante now and, and how much people say, oh, you know, so humble and everything, Makaleli was that, from, from what I remember. He did a job that no one, not no one, but... You hadn't seen perfected like that in a, in a long time, it, for me. And he just came in and he did something that people weren't ready for. Yeah, he sat in front of a, of a defence, but you know he was he was more than that. And he, he 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 just acted as such a good buffer, and he was there. He was at every ball, and just so many good memories of him running around and intercepting and. You know, being a great last ditch tackle out of nowhere, and and just so many good things. He's just such a good player. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, as you say, the, the role was named after him for a while. You know, it, when people spoke about that that role, it was the Makalele role. Um, I mean, that that's a feat in its own. You know, that takes a special player. Yeah, I mean, to, and, that's, and that's why I've put him in because I can say so he he's above. Carlos in the formation, so Makaleli can drop in, help the other two defenders out, and Carlos can go overlapping on the wing and do doing Carlos things. A hundred percent. I mean, I think Makaleli. I think the only person that probably upstages him. I mean, Canty might go on to do it over the course of his career, but I think the only one that upstages him in that defensive midfield role, purely for his his ball playing role, is Biscuits. Do you know what I mean? And that, yes. I mean, that's, that's like two of the elite players in that role. 
like that there's ever been. Yeah. Uh, his career is phenomenal. I mean, a great how he got him off Real Madrid at the time, I have no idea. <laughs> um, but to go on and make 144 appearances for Chelsea is just such a in that time of the Premier League as well. You know, when when it was it was uh, English teams were dominating Europe to the point, you know, well not dominating Europe as such, but you know they were. You, you always had the three four teams around the quarter final mark. Yeah. And as you say, McAuley was just integral to that Chelsea team. He was, yeah, yeah, and and, and he was one of the main reasons we we started to become successful because he just he did his job. You know, we could be a bit more attacking in places because we knew that we had that security. Well, he definitely helped Lampard become the player he ended up. You know, because yeah. Lampard had that free role to oh well, I didn't have to come back. You know, I can I can stay that bit forward and have more of those pop shots because it doesn't matter if we lose the ball and get counter-attacked because there was always that player sitting there. Absolutely, so yeah. yeah. More adventurous. It made made his life a lot easier. For sure. Definitely a great pick. And then, well, so have you got a deep... So you've got five in the middle, haven't you? So have you got a defensive midfielder in that formation? <laughs> sort of. Sort of? Uh, yeah, I've got, I've got two deep midfielders. Okay. Um... And I hate one. Everybody refers to defensive midfield, but I hate referring to referring him to a defensive midfielder because when he was at his best, he was much more than a defensive midfielder. Holding midfielder, then I think it's probably more. Yeah, um, for me, this this midfielder genuinely has given for of all the games I've ever watched, the one performance is the, is the most complete midfield performance I have ever witnessed come from this player. Um, Champions League semi final, he was suspended for the final. Um, and he just ran, ran Juventus Riot. It's Roy Keane for me. Good pick, very good. Just, pick. I, I hated him growing up. And I had, <laughs> you know, he was my United through and through. But he's a winner. He's a leader. Um, and that that ninety nine performance against Juventus in the Champions League, for my lifetime, is the most complete midfield performance I've ever seen from a player. And to think he was suspended for the final. Um, and still, you know, played the way he did with no caution. It could have been quite easy to, to half-ass it in, you know, when yeah, they were already getting beat. And it just epitomised everything Keane was. And a lot of people forget, because he, he is dirty, and, he, you know, he had that snide side of him. But people seem to forget how good a player Roy Keane actually was, you know, when he played football. Yeah, your negatives normally do take over. Yeah, and and obvious and rightly so. I mean, if you used to search Roy Keane on YouTube or that, you're going to find all the the bad challenges. The yeah, you're not going to get a skill compilation, are you? No, um, but he genuinely was. I mean, when he was at Forest before United signed him, he was he was a proper balling midfielder. You know, he liked to pass the ball out, and he was just great. And I, I just had to have him my team. My my hatred for him is gone. <laughs> Um, purely because of even just the World Cup punditry, just the way he got into Ian Wright and that at the end. Um, it, it just People are going to be listening to this seething if they're Liverpool. Like, How dare he pick Roy Keane? Well, I, I had to be Beckham in my team the last time as my captain, so I'm not going to get any more hatred than that. So I think at least people can appreciate Keane's, Keane's greatness more than they did with Beckham for me. So... Yeah, I, I had to have Roy Keane in it. I mean, anybody who opposes Roy Keane, um, 
I think the only people thing people could say is how can he say he's your favourite? But if you appreciate football and you pre- appreciate that role, it's hard not to appreciate what Roy Keane, what Roy Keane did, as much as you dislike him. Hundred percent, yeah, yeah, massively agree. So you're playing three four three. So you've got a defensive midfielder. So are you got two wingers and an attacking midfielder, or is it a wee bit more complex? Well, it's so I've got Makaleli. So Makaleli and then two players in the three, it's just that Makaleli can just drop off whatever, and then I've got an attacking midfielder. So I'll do one of the two yeah. other central yeah. midfielders. And so basically, this pick and the next pick are both going to be just players. I've just I've prefaced that now. Uh, <laughs> the first one is Michael Balak. I mean, what an absolute guy. He, at the moment, he, one big thing is he's always supporting Chelsea, which is what I, I can appreciate. You know, he, you know, he's, he's been at a few clubs, um, but on Chelsea match days, he's there tweeting out before the, the start of the game predictions. He's there after the game. And he's just such a, a, a great guy. And obviously his time at Chelsea... I'll always remember his anger at the Chelsea Barcelona game where the, the referee hadn't given a few penalties, and there's that clip of uh, Balak running alongside the referee, waving his arms around. Um, but he was just a great midfielder at the end of the day. He was strong, he had a great shot on him, and he was a leader as well. And, I mean, he's just brilliant. Yeah, no, he absolutely was. He was a massive sign up for Chelsea at the time. I think that's the biggest thing I can always remember. I think it was a. I'm trying to figure out if it was a free or not. Because I couldn't remember if he left left on that contract or not. I'm just checking now. But I can't see any. Well, it just says he joined. Oh, yeah, no, free transfer. Balak agreed to join English Premier League club Chelsea on free transfer. I mean, you, you, you think obviously these days all these free transfers and stuff, but that's such a. A massive free transfer, isn't it? It really is, yeah. I mean, this is a guy who, I mean, his injury, his career was kind of cut short, really. Yeah. Yeah, we injuries, but I mean, he played 450 games, scored 117 goals. And um, that's like a goal in f- one every four games as a midfielder. That is not I mean, a bad rate right, of I mean, you no. look at his buying games: 107 games, 44 goals. Yeah, that's phenomenal. And I mean, I think that might be the light. Not a letdown so much for Chelsea fans that they didn't get, you know, a similar return. But I mean, then you get it's a different role. You're getting to the end of the career as I well. Think he, he, he was becoming a bit more of a, a holding or, or a bit of a playmaker, yeah. a bit like what Fabregas does now. He's not there yeah, to score dropped, goals. Yeah, he was more the creator, wasn't he? It'd be interesting to actually know if you could go in and get his assists um, more at that time, um, because again, he was another player that was kind of pivotal to to Lampard. You know, just to to give him that support when teams were double up up in him. You know, Balak could could be there as well because he wasn't so much the the deepest player, but he was in that you know that crossover. Because weren't Chelsea playing that four three three type? Yeah. At that time, I mean, they were one of, for, for me one of the first teams in the Premier League that I can remember. Well, apart from Arsenal, doing that four three three where you had the the wide forwards and and it was always fast players wide, so there was always those options. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, what a great. What a great guy, and I think one th- good thing about him is he, he retired early as well. In in that sense, he didn't. But, yeah, you know, he didn't he, try uh, to. He had he had um, offers to go play in the A League and and MLS, and you know the fact that he's probably like, you know what, I'm, I'm happy with my career. I don't necessarily need to to come in and do anything else. 
But what I like, as you said, I didn't know this, so I don't really follow him, but I, I like players who still follow their clubs, you know, who still tweet in support. And, I mean, Liverpool have got a couple of couple of foreign guys as well that still do the same. And it, it just means you know they get it. You know, they. it's always a hard thing when you're a fan and you see, I mean, we know loyalty and that's gone from the game. It's all about money now. Um, the same way as it is in our own job, job-wise. You know, we we would change jobs in a second if we got offered double the money somewhere else or didn't say. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of hard to expect a player to be loyal when they can do the same. But it's still nice to see when you do get those players who still, you know, have that affiliation with the club and, and with the fan base and who take their time to be one of the fans. So I can appreciate that even more. So that makes me like that pick even better. Yeah, I mean you've got just so much, so much love for the for the dude, and um, you know I had to pick him at the end of the day. So that's my pick. What's who's your next midfielder? I have no. This is a guy I couldn't have in the last one, and for me, a player who got better and better and better by age, and could be in the conversation of one of the most complete midfielders. Of our time, anyway, and I've went for a Zabi Alonso. I mean, thank God that he, he yeah, because I mean, a lot of, I think we're going to see his name pop up a lot during this series. Um, I, now that he's now that he has retired. Yeah, I mean, he retired the week after the last show that we did oh. the last time. Um, and I mean, he was mentioned like honorary mention. We used to just talk about like a couple of players who we thought about, and he was always one who got brought up and just saying, look, he's retiring, so I'm mentioning him. Even looking at, I mean, one of the best passers you'll ever see. He had, he was that nice guy, but he had that snide when he needed to be. You know, he wasn't. There's a guy running through. There we go, trip the heels. You know, he's quite clever in his snideness as well. Yeah, and the way to put it is a brilliant foot. Like he, he understood football. Yes, uh, he had a perfect football brain. You know, he just he knew where to be, where to be. He could hit a ball, he could pass a ball. For me, he's two halfway line goals for Liverpool. Just you know, they'll, they'll just never be like we talked about goalkeepers. Um, there's just those special goals. I mean, there's probably a lot better goals that season, but I don't remember them because they weren't the halfway line. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like we ah, it's just for me. And he's for me. Me and Jesse speak about this quite a lot. Um, he's just such a handsome bum. You know, <laughs> if you're doing a good-looking football team, I mean, he's he's one of the top of the pile. Um, yeah. I mean, I know Chris would definitely have him in his team. The the amount that we've talked on extra time in the past about how good Xabi Alonso was, and and that's the thing. Like when he left Liverpool, you know, a bit like the Emery Chan situation in, in a way. Like you got a player that unfortunately um, leaves almost too early for the club, if that makes sense. Yeah, you're breaking my heart here. Yeah, it's you just, know, it's still a raw feeling for me. Is it, is it a raw feeling that <laughs> yeah. you know, when he left? Yeah, I've I've kind of not got over Alonso leaving you, to be honest. <laughs> um, but no, you're right. And but for me, he, he definitely left too early. But I don't know if he would have got better under Liverpool. Does that make sense? Like, I don't know if like that was the peak he could have got. Because like I'll argue with anybody that time that we had Alonso, Mascarano, and Gerrard. As much as I'm not a Gerrard fan, that you'll know, come here and if you follow me on Twitter. But that that you couldn't name me a better three midfielders in the world at that time, you know, as a unit. As, yeah, as a collective and, group. And I and I could argue Mascarano was one of the best defensive midfielders at the time. Alonso there wasn't a better passer, and Gerard just had that tenacity and 
his link up, and it helped. We had Torres at the time as well, so Gerard had that link up there. But I think Alonso kind of hit that glass ceiling. Then you know he he peaked, and then he went to Real Madrid. And how can you deny any player going there? But he then got better. He was playing for the biggest club in the world, um, and he was he was their best player week in week out. And then you think, right, what's he going to do after that? And he went to Bayern. And again, he just oozed class the whole time he was there, playing centre-half at times. Um, and I mean, a league that Bayern generally stroll, um, to be fair. But he, he just, you know, he was head and shoulders above above most. And he's just a player that we, we keep seeing ex-players going to coaching roles and that. And he's just one I really want to see down in Liverpool's academy because he's another one that, like you talk about Ballet, you know, he's always... He'll always be affiliated with Liverpool. He always talks about it. He's back at Legends games. He does everything he can through the club. Um, and you just like to see the club give him a role, whether he's interested or not, in just that coaching role. Because can you imagine a, a nice 16, 17-year-old midfielder coming through? And oh, yeah. I mean, how he passed across. Yeah. So, not even that, but, you know, as, as we sort of touched on earlier, the game management, right? So, you know, 70th minute, you got someone running through you, 2-0 up. You know, just give him a little trip. Yeah, and it's, he would say that because you know some coaches probably wouldn't want to touch that part of the game, but you know he understood the game. He understood when to do things and when not to do things. Yeah, there was always a method to it. You know, it wasn't just he, he wouldn't do it in the second minute of the game. You know, it was he, he was he had, as you say, he had a football brain, and it's what seems to be lacking now because most players are now athletes and they're much better athletes than you know they ever were before. But it's like they're losing the the thinking part of the game. Yeah, absolutely. So that's that's my, that's both my holding midfielders pick. So I get the exciting bit now. So you've got one more centre midfielder to get. Yeah, and um, how how can I not pick this person? I think we've mentioned his name a couple of times in relation to Gerard, and it's Gerard's greatest foe, as as it was. You know, a lot of people would probably say Frank Lampard. I mean, club legend, top goal scorer. Seeing him grow at the club, you know, when when he moved from West Ham, and yeah, again, I think we we talked um, before we recorded about fortunate timing that we're doing this now. Obviously, I wouldn't have been able to do this, you know, probably when we were talk- when you were doing it the last time. Um, people probably wouldn't have been able to have him in. Um, but what a player! I mean, just oozed goals, class, passing was amazing, and although. You know, it didn't work out. It, obviously, he ended up leaving Chelsea. Not didn't work out because obviously it did. But and despite him scoring against Chelsea for Man City, you know, it broke my heart because I didn't want to see him do it. But the fact that he could, you could tell he was obviously upset about it. It was well, not upset, but you know, you could tell he it, he was just doing his job. And that that's something that, that resonates with me. But I mean, there's so many Frank Lampard goals. I mean, goals against Bolton that won us the league uh, for the first time in 50 years, and just so many different things that Frank Lampard is just one of those guys that I'll, I'll never forget as a player at Chelsea. Yeah, I mean, it's him and Terry that are Chelsea. Yeah. You know, if you're talking, especially in that era. Obviously, any older Chelsea fans, I'll probably talk about other players. But from our time, the Premier League era. It's those two. And for me, Lampard's a player who got better with age. The older he got, like it's like he, he didn't develop a proper football brain until he got you know, until he got older. 
My biggest criticism of Lampard, especially like when there was the, the him and Gerard kind of came through at that same time, um, was the amount of shots Lampard used to take. And it used to frustrate me, because I can imagine what it must have been like for a teammate when he's just hitting pop shots all the time. And it was what used to infuriate me when people talk about how good a goal scorer was. But he was hitting 20 shots a game, you know, <laughs> to score one. But the older he got, the, the more intelligent he got. The smarter he got. I mean, you know, the ratio came down, and he himself reaped the rewards for it. Especially when he's, you know, when his legs went and he couldn't quite do the box to box as as paceful as he did before. And he just got, and, it, and maybe it was the players around him, like we've mentioned, but he just got that bit more intelligent. And I always say, I mean, I thought Gerard was probably better in his youth than Lampard was. You know, the explosiveness. The, yeah, yeah. As they got older and tailed off the end of the career. You felt Lampard probably could have done it a couple of more years because he had a bit more of that football brain and he could, be, gonna... he could have dropped back. I always remember what I stated with Beckham. Beckham played defensive midfield one year at Real Madrid and won them the league, you know, just with the, the passing. And, and Lampard probably could have done that at a team. Um, but he was just honourable. He didn't want to drop down to such a level where he was still playing. Like, yeah, which is fair. I mean, you yeah. know, again, it's similar to Balak in terms of, you know, I would have got out with my head held high. I've done what I needed to do. I've, you know, gone off and done something else, but it's time for me to finish up. And sort of just touching back on the goal scoring thing is Lampard almost, you know, had that, that goal type where, you know, the ball would be pinging around and then all of a sudden it would just drop into the middle of the box and he'd somehow be there. You know, he's not. we're not talking about poachers here. We're talking about, I'm going to hang on the edge of the box and then I'll, I'll come into the box when the ball's dropping. And that is a goal that he scored so many times. And that's the thing, as you said, about change, he changed the ratio. Instead of having taken pot shots, he waited for the ball to come to him. Or he knew, and that's the, all the intelligence to know, I know where this, this ball's going to go. Yeah. Regardless of what happens. And, and that's what made him a better player, 100%. I mean, regardless of that, even doing that, he was always going to go down as a... You know, a Chelsea legend because I mean he's he's got I've not even searched it but his goal to game ratio must be quite you know quite good for a midfielder because he he was hitting ten to fifteen goals a season for about five seasons straight. Yeah, he kept he kept hitting that thing where he did, he was scoring so many goals and that you know for for someone as I said effectively what we're saying is a central midfielder he you know he never effectively played cam or anything like that. No, he was always um, that box to box. Yeah, I mean, not bursting box to box, but just that. I think this is probably. I'm trying to figure out if this is league games or complete games, but it's Wikipedia. 429 appearances, 147 goals. Yeah, so about one every three and a half games. Which for a midfielder is oh. just ridiculous. It's, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's that's what 13 years at Chelsea. Um, he's he's 11 goals a season. Like if you average out over the course, I mean. This this phenomenal. That's what you want from a midfielder. You know, if you yeah. can hit ten goals a season, um, as a as a not a defensive midfielder, if you're just a central attacking midfielder type, you you want to hit ten ten goals a season. That's what you want to be expecting from your your high level. And he did it consistently. And he, and he always comes through across as a really intelligent guy as well. You know, he comes across quite humble. And I really hope he does really well as a manager as well. Um, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to his, his stint at Derby. Yeah, and I've I've kind of got a, like a soft spot for Derby just because Liverpool had quite a lot of loan players go out there in recent years, so I always kind of kept up with them. So I'll be interested to see how it goes. 
But at the start, like I said, it must be um, Premier League only because he scored over 200 goals for the club. So it yeah. must, must be Premier League only, but I mean, what but a player, it, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it's league only. If we, yeah. to, total, 648 games, 211 goals. So that's less than one in three. That's like, the strikers that don't have that. Yeah. You know, and, and he's doing this at the highest level, you know, not even... Oh, just phenomenal. Just phenomenal. And I mean, the funniest bit for me for Lampard is that video um, where there's a Harry Redknapp's at charge at West Ham and there's a, a, a reporter like criticising them for not playing a certain player um, over Frank Lampard. And then you think where the, the careers have gone um, in that time. It's just, it just makes you laugh when reporters think they know more than, than managers, even managers like Harry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, that's yeah. So that's my last. That's my that's a, last hard midfield. Yeah, it's not bad, is it? I mean, it's an old Chelsea midfield at this point, which you know I'm not gonna definitely not gonna complain about. But you know, as I said, those, those are the players that have resonated with me and, and have always been there. So yeah. So well, who's who's your next midfielder? Right. Well, my my, my my I've got three in my next part. The way it goes in my okay. Yeah. yeah. I think I just this this is where it kind of. Gets a bit slippy. I'm going to go with yeah. probably my more central midfielder at the two. I'll, I might try and keep this as like three, two deeper, and then I'll go with Zidane as my central midfielder. I mean, great choice. Um, yeah, I mean, Zidane's my favourite player of all time, um, who I consider the best player of all time. Um Especially in, in my lifetime, you, people can go back and talk your Pele's, Maradona's, but I mean, we didn't see them at peak. Um, but Zidane, for me, he, he's the first player that ever resonated with me on an international level at France 98 um, in that final. Um, watching. How old are you, Ryan? Uh, 26. I had to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> a, a bit younger than me, but I tell uh, the Serie A show um, on Channel 4. Um, Growing up, watching Juventus, watching Parma, you know, the, the teams who were peak at the time. And Zidane was just phenomenal. Um, I mean, the, the worst Zidane in his club career was probably at Real Madrid. And he was phenomenal there. You know, yeah. he, he was unreal. He, he's, I, I mean, I, I didn't do a lot of the World Cup shows with you guys. Cause I don't watch international football. I've, just, I've never been into it. Um, but Zidane was the one who, who captivated me to watch games. France 98, uh, to, is it 06 when he got sent off in the final? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, that, that will always be a moment that people will remember. I, I unfortunately, people forget he, he, he chipped the best keeper in the world at a penalty. Just dinked it, hits off the bar and in, in the, right at the start of that game. Yeah. Um, but it was just so good. You know, he just... Uh, I think it was that 2006 World Cup as well. They, they played Brazil, and I've never seen a better performance from a player just in general. Just the way he ripped Brazil to shreds, you know, such a great highlights comp- compilation. Um, the turns on the ball, so many videos of goalkeepers kicking out to him, and he's controlling in the air through his legs. Oh, just, just an incredible player. Yeah, and, I mean. and the fact that he's went on to become such a great manager. Um, I mean, people put down his management career 
say it was Real Madrid, it's not hard to do, but he's achieved three Champions Leagues in four years. Um, it's just ridiculous at the end of the day, isn't it? Regardless of what you think. Of course. Like, if it's that easy to do because it's Real Madrid, how come no other Real Madrid manager's done it? Exactly. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I mean, I think he'll be the France manager. No, I've got a feeling. That's his next logical step. Yeah, I've got a feeling that Sean Paul will probably step down now that he's won the World Cup. I think Zidane will take over. And it just scares me to think what he could do with that team, with the players that, that France have got. Um, and he's just the honours he has as a player is just phenomenal. Um, I just love him. I just yeah, just phenomenal. yeah. I mean, phenomenal player. I mean, I think I did consider putting him in, putting him in, but I thought someone else is going to have him straight away. So I'll stick with the I'll stick with my boys. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people have him over the course. I mean, he's got to go down as one of the best of all time. And there's so many moments, as we say. Like, I think, I think what what what's a good reference to like whether it's your favourite players? How many times you go and watch them on YouTube? You know, how many times you look at just silly videos when you're browsing stuff? Um, and Zidane will be one of the top searches. Hundred percent. So yeah, Zidane yeah, yeah. so for me. I mean, there's not much more you can that you can add. No, hundred percent. That's fair. Right. So. The attacking midfielder, the creative spark for you. So this, I don't think he would have ever ever played centre attacking mid, but I'm putting him there, and he'll, he'll like it. Uh, and that's David Beckham. I mean, you know, I'll always remember the game against Greece uh, with final minute. I was at some some friend's house, and how loopy we went when Beckham scored that free kick. It will, it will go down in. It would always go down as one of those, those memories that people will never be able to forget. I mean, he's just an incredible player, incredible player anyway. Look at the career he had, look what he's been able to do with it. And the thing is, on FIFA, it'd always be on FIFA or Pez at this point. It'd be, I'd sign him just because I want, I'd want Beckham in my team in a Chelsea shirt, <laughs> for example. So I'd pick my career as Chelsea and I'd, that it'd be the first signing I'd make. Because I'd want to see him, and every time you get a free kick, every time you get a penalty corner, he'd put him on it because you just knew that he'd be able to deliver. Just, uh, what a guy! I can Beckham is one of my favourite people of all time. Um, uh, the abuse I've taken over the years um, hmm. for for even liking Beckham, he's such an underrated player as well. I don't hundred percent, and I also believe he could have been better than what he was as well. Um, if the media hadn't, you know, the media kind of hounded him a little bit. Um, yeah, there was obviously a lot, a lot of it's his own doing as well, just being the the celebrity icon that he, that he became. Um, but as a player, he was he just seemed to be the utmost professional, um, right up. And, and even now, the things he does out with the game, and he's just a great human being. Or he comes across it anyway. I mean, we don't know personal life wise. Um, yeah. But a funny thing, because I, I, the abuse I used to take for Beckham being one of my favourites, I lost a bet, and one of my first tattoos was Beckham's name on my back. <laughs> I had David Beckham tattooed on my back. Um, but I, it's just, what's not to like about him? Like, genuinely, unless unless you're just so anti-Man United. But even still, I mean, England captain. Yeah, I mean, he, went, you know, he played for the biggest clubs in the world. He was at Man United, Real Madrid, yeah. AC Milan. And the thing about the Milan 
loans and stuff like that. And, and even like PSG, he was like, "Well, I'm not getting, I'm not getting paid for this. I'm, I'm passing it all off to elsewhere." And whether it's a PR stunt or what, but I mean, like, to go play for these clubs and then obviously what he did in the MLS. Well, he made MLS popular for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got an LA Galaxy top with Beckham on it. I mean, I would never have bought an LA Galaxy top. You know, but yeah. he's paved the way for these, you know, guys to go over there. I don't care what anybody... There's maybe players that did it before, but it was never cool before Beckham did it. I mean, to 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 play in the MLS, be successful, and then go to play for PSG for the final part of your career, I mean... To be, to, there's not many players these days that you'd see go off to one of these top like MLS or wherever and then go back to playing one of the best teams in the world yeah that's it I mean that the video that goes around his last game you know and players are crying and fans are crying it just shows what he meant to the world of football like I, I don't care if you hate Man United I don't care if you're a local fan listen to this and the abuse that will take for it he's yeah, I mean, just the amount of times that he'd step up to a free kick and you'd think, you know what, this is going in. And it would just be a ridiculous hit as well. Absolutely. I mean, that Greece game you talk about was the one I was working at McDonald's at the time. Um, and I just remember we were listening on the radio and and all we could hear was Beckham's name, you know. He was trying so hard. I mean, he wasn't his greatest of games. No. But, but he had it, that they won't game. remember that. Yeah, that prefer- No, nobody will ever, ever, ever remember that free kick. And it'll probably go down as one of the most important free kicks in England's in England's folklore. Yeah, 100%. Uh, and it was perfect. I mean, people base, like, even, like, kids base, you know, their lifestyle on Beckham. You know, they buy his boots. You know, they had the hairstyles. They they would try and emulate the step up for corners and free kicks. You know, that that, that unique thing that he had at the time. He, he was a role model for kids. 100%. And he's my, he's my captain in this team because, you know, I've got so many good choices for captain, but who can beat the captain of England? Well, I'm, I'm so glad. And anybody who listened to the, the previous show, the abuse you guys gave me, you better be tweeting Ryan the exact same <laughs> abuse for having him as captain and midfield in your team. Because I had him as my captain as well, Ryan. So I'm, I'm, you know, I'm fine with it. You know, yeah. I'm happy with my choice. And, uh, it. I'm, I'm, I'm embracing it for you as well. Um, I'm delighted so, with that. Well, hopefully you've not got anyone as contentious uh, to listen as this is your next pick. Um, no, I, all my next picks are, are formalities. Um, I've, this guy I had before, and I stick by what I said, he is the closest you will get to a Ronaldinho-type player um, and that I've seen, and it's JJ Okocha. What a, what a player. I... Uh, that Bolton team. I mean, I can't. Talk, I can't. I, don't, I couldn't tell you where he played prior and after Bolton. It was at that time, kind of. You only really watch. I only really watched Italian football and and the Premier League. But JJ Acocha lit up the league. You know, he brought something new to the game. That playing with a smile, the flicks, the tricks, made Bolton actually. You know, Sam incredible team was in charge, and he made them fun to watch. Um, I just loved him, you know. He was one of the first players I signed in, in games as well because of the hair. You know, it's again, it's like that Puyol thing. The hair stood out to you. Um, and just just a joy, you know, just made football fun. Um, I mean, he does it now. I mean, if you watch him in any of the like charity games that he does, he's just, like, 
schooling people with tricks, and he just he just messes around. He's like what he's like, he's like what Neymar could be if he wasn't such a dick. Yeah. You know, ne- Neymar <laughs> could do all the things Okocha does, but Okocha wasn't a dick about it. You know, he's not rolling about the ground. He just, you know, had fun. He got on with it. Like, it you know, yeah, you could tell he was doing it with a smile on his face. Yeah, and it's not like he was doing it like Neymar does it to humiliate the opponent, like to give himself kicks. Okocha seemed just to be doing it just because he was having fun. You know, it wasn't to humiliate an opponent or anything like that. It was just, ah, do you know what? Let's do this. Let's entertain the fans. It's like, I remember being one of them. And I mean, he might have been a completely dick. He might just, he might have been saying to his teammates before the game, do you know what? Wait till you see what I'm going to do at this point of the day. But it never came across that way. No, absolutely not. And it's, you know, what a great player. I mean, I've just had a quick look at his thing. You know, you're looking at PSG before Bolton. Um, where I think it looks like he probably would have been playing with um, Ronaldinho for a little bit as well. Right enough, because that's where he started, isn't it? You know, you just think, you look at his career and he had a bit of a weird one because he ended up going to Qatar and then coming back to play for Hull. But, I mean, just the amount of memories people will have of him just doing skills and, and just... One of those players that you, you look at his career and you never really hit the, the, the masses, massive heights, but everyone still thinks of him as a legend, and that shows something. Where you're, you're playing for, you know, you don't go off and play for Barcelona or Real Madrid, but everyone still knows you. Yeah, I around think the world. He probably could have went to those teams. You know, if he took the game more serious. Yeah. You know, which you're glad as a fan, you're glad he didn't. Hundred percent. Yeah. I think yeah. If he, you know, if maybe say not screwed the head. That's probably the wrong terminology, but you know, cut out cut out more of the flicks and just got the ball past it, shot, crossed, so you get, you know, that boring, standard football type thing. He probably could have got a bigger move and his stats could have been a bit higher, but he just wanted to have fun. It's like he never played football. He just didn't, he's like, what I always say is when I listen to wrestlers talk, is they, they weren't there to make money and win chance, they just didn't want a real job. <laughs> and that's kind of, that's kind of what you feel with him. You know, he didn't want a job. He just wanted enough money to live off a, Probably keep his because he was I don't know how well off back in in Nigeria he was you know how what his surroundings he grew up in but you know probably got enough money to send back to his family and keep them happy he seemed like just one of those you know just down to earth yeah hundred percent never grew up just played football as a kid and was still a kid kind of when he grew up like just playing in the park yeah that that old that old terminology and as a fan I'm glad he did yeah. 100%. Alright, so we've got the last three. I've got my attackers now. So how, how have you done your attackers? Is it three strikers? So you got wingers? Three strikers uh, with, i got effectively a target man and then two players coming off him. Right, so we'll just call them strikers. So you, let's leave the target man till last then. Yeah, okay. Because that's my most weird pick as well. Oh, I like that. Let's finish on that. I'll, I'll take my last pick before yours so we can finish on your unique Okay. Right, so let's take your first forward. So I'm going to go for Heidi Johnson, another Chelsea player. Um, but I just, I just love the man. Um, I always have, I always will. And just the goals he scored for Chelsea, and then obviously going on to play for Barcelona as well, um, proved what, in my eyes, what a talent he was. Um, but. He just got on with the game and he played some fantastic football uh, with uh, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank up with him 
and you know he scored some great goals against. I remember goals against Man United, and he just for for me, even though he was at the club for you know he was at the club for six years, and for me he just did so much, and I just thought he was brilliant at the end of the day. I just, I just thought he was fantastic. Am I right in saying he scored a goal to win Chelsea the league? Uh, I thought he potentially did. But I thought um, Lampard. Yeah, well, that, you did can, in the when end, you but... said it against that Bolton game, but I was convinced that Good Johnson scored in that game to win the league. Um, but the the game might have been a two 0 game. Yeah, I think he probably scored as well as Lampard. Scored, he probably yeah, scored the second, doesn't maybe? And that's maybe because that was one of the moments that I'll always remember him for. Um, last game of the season type and then I always remember unfortunately for you Ryan that the, the miss um, in the Champions League quarter final semi-final yes. yeah, that yeah. post you know that open goal basically um, and I've, I've never had my heart in my mouth <laughs> um, just cowered in a corner when that ball landed at his feet and then the relief after it um, but he was a tremendous player Um I, always, I forgot about the Barcelona. Uh, yeah, he went. He went to Barcelona. Yeah, for. Uh... He had quite a lot of clubs. <laughs> um, yes, his his career's a bit of a weird one. Yeah, the way, like kind of like what we said about like players ending on a high. He seemed to just keep going. Because he could. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And he, he he seemed a bit. He was at Stoke for a year, which I didn't realise. Yeah, um, I mean, you look at his. his he played. At a national level for his country for 20 years. Yes, that's phenomenal. And I mean, he's probably one of the few players you can remember for Iceland. Yes. You know, yeah, yeah. he was the. You find a lot of the lower teams have that one player who's the pinnacle, and he and he definitely was it for them. Um, but he was a hard player not to like, to be honest. Um, you know, he's a, he, he seemed to be smiling. Him and Jimmy Floyd husband had a really good little relationship, and I just seem to remember those game. I think it was really a, a couple of seconds into the game, a game against United, and he ended up being a nuisance. And that's what he was a lot of the time. I mean, he had great footwork in the box, but he was he was a nuisance for for defenders because he, he you know he challenged for balls, he got in the way, he poked ball, the ball around, and yeah, I just I, I thought it was brilliant, and I, I'll always. Think of him as one of my top Chelsea players. Yeah, I mean he was he was at Bolton as well. Yeah, we went. Yeah. Bottom, he was at Bolton twice in the end. Yeah, he went back, but yeah, for, that's when obviously good Chelsea signed him, keep progression. But yeah, he was actually a massive player for Chelsea. He's such a such, he, he, for me, he reminded me of the the dirt coat of Liverpool. You know, he was never the he was never a star, but he was one of the most important. Yeah, and underrated in that sense. Yeah, um, no, that's a great pick. I like that. I'm glad somebody's picked him. Not sure he'd be mentioned much. No, no, no. But uh, you know, that's but, the thing is that it's it's a Chelsea player that I will always remember. And yeah, he's, he's you know, spoiler alert. People like Zola aren't in here, and as much of it. But you know, he was a player that resonates with me. I think I had his name in the back of one of my shirts once because I just loved the guy. Yeah, and and, and that's fair. Um, yeah. Yeah. So you haven't got you obviously you've got one more midfielder left, right? No, I'm going to change it. I'm taking out my midfielder and changing it, Ooh, changing it to attacker. Changing it on the fly, I like that. One three four three. And I'll tell you the player I'm taking out, just because I was so annoyed at myself for missing him out the last time I did my team. 
So I added him in this time. But the more I think about it, I'm like, no. Now, this player will go down as one of my favourite players of all time. Favourite players to watch. Um, and I think he was just a genius on the ball. Um, and Andy Wales, who who listens to who will listen to this, um, I'll be so annoyed at me for taking him out. I'm taking out Dennis Bergkamp. Oh, what I mean, great player. He'll go down as arguably the Premier League's greatest foreign import. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. But I, I just have to take him out. He wasn't in at the first team, and and it's purely because I just forgot. Um, and I think for that reason, I'm going to take him out only because. I've just mentioned the player who I'm changing him with. And he goes down as one of my favourite Liverpool players because of the the humbleness, the still supporting as a fan, um, underrated, so important, so pivotal to like the teams he played in. Um, and I'm going with Dirk Coit. So you said him and then you thought, oh, he needs to be in this team. So, yeah, how can I not have... Because like, the question I always get put around on, the, on Twitter in Liverpool fan base is like, like who's your you know your favourite Liverpool players past and present? Dirk Coyte will always go down as one of my favourites, purely because of the humbleness. I remember getting him on a shirt. Um, he, he scored some important goals, important penalties um, against Everton, the hat trick against United, which combined a total of four yards. Um, what he went on in his career to achieve. Even at the age he got, the, the amount of running that he put in, he'll, he'll always go down as one of Liverpool's most. He probably, actually, in time, he, I can see him being forgotten about. Yeah, Liverpool. agreed. Yeah, yeah. You know the play, teams he played in, and I mean, a lot of people didn't find him very good, but he worked so hard for the team in that role. I mean, he came to us as a striker, didn't play very well as a striker, got put wide, um, and just become that. Like the, the old type of midfielder, box to box, right midfielder. Um, Mark and Ronaldo, that 4 1 game, Mark Ronaldo out the game, Ronaldo changed wings to get away from him. Um, just one of those honest, hard working professionals. But like you say, still, him and his wife still tweet about Liverpool regularly. Um, I believe one of his kids are from Liverpool now, so you know he's got that affiliation with the city the whole time. And he just had that unique look as well, you know, with the the the, the rollback sixties hairstyle, and he was just one of those players, just a good, honest, hardworking professional. Um, yeah, no great I, pick. I, I have to have him. I just can't leave him out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, great pick. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, obviously looking at Liverpool, they, you're right. There, there are players that sort of get underrated in any club, but. You know, he's definitely one of those people that worked very hard for Liverpool and played very well for Liverpool and doesn't necessarily get the respect back for that. Oh, I don't think I'm allowed him. He's not retired. Oh. I'm not changing. He's not retired. It's, it's my podcast, my rules. You can do, you can do what you want. Yeah, he's, and he, went, he's, he's went to a team called Quick Boys. Oh, I mean, oh, he's pretty oh, much retired. No, he's pretty... Yeah, well, hang on, no, no. They're, just... a, they're an amateur club. It, it just says, on, Wikipedia, on Wikipedia it says Dirk Cout is a Dutch former professional footballer. It's because he now plays for an amateur team. Nah, he's, I mean, he's, retired, he's retired, so it's all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what the most important thing for me, not most important thing, but what made me so happy for Coy is going back to Feyenoord as captain and winning the league with him scoring a hat-trick in the last game of the season. Um, and that's how he finished his career out. 
I mean, it's not. But I mean, the, so it, this whole thing about Quick Boys, he came out of retirement of this year to play for them. He was already the assistant manager there, and it's because they had a shortage of strikers. So you know, amateur team. Yeah, he's like, still technically retired. Yeah, and it's, it's just a walk out amateur team. He's a club manager. You know, he's a player manager effectively. So technically. You're alright anyway. Yeah, I'm having it anyway, I don't care. I'm, <laughs> I'm the boss of this podcast. I'm the boss, that's fine. <laughs> um, but no, I'm, I'm, I've got him in, I'm, I'm pleased to have him in. Um, and just, another, the goals he's, for the type of, when you think of Holland superstars, over the, the 10 year period, he's got 24 goals in 104 games for Holland. <laughs> That's not bad, is it? You know, that's, I mean, most of them would have been penalties, I'd imagine. He was their penalty taker for a lot of it. Um, but that's oh, 104 cats for Holland during that time where it's full of superstars. It's quite impressive. Very, very. I mean, you look at that, that's 10 years. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's quite surprising. I didn't think he'd have that many. I thought he only got caps near the end of the, you know, when all the Holland, like, uh, the, the, the players started aging. But obviously he got more of a career than, than I thought, so... Yeah, absolutely. Delighted. Right. So, who's your second supporting striker? So, this guy is... For me, to be honest, I don't remember a lot of him playing. So, the reason I put him on this list is, A, I know he's a brilliant striker. He's obviously got a great following. And then the second part is, I was in Spain. I bought a Barcelona shirt. I don't know if it's a knockoff. Uh, this was a few. This was a long time ago. It probably was a knockoff. Um, it was their gold kit. I don't know if you remember. It was like an away kit. Mm. I had to get it. Beautiful, Henrik Larsson. Wow. When he just moved to Barca, I'd gone to Spain and I saw it and I had to have it. Like I wanted to go there and get it, and I thought, you know what, Henrik Larsson, what a great player. I'm gonna get it on the back of my on the back of my shirt but I mean, th- I mean this kit let's not pretend this this kit was unbelievable by the way so I mean I'm a big fan of like yellow kits etc me um, you got along very well eccentric <laughs> kits are the best kits I mean the, the new Chelsea away kit is bright yellow and it, it's it's beautiful just see that love a bright kit all, all of the kits kit. should be bright <laughs> but yeah I mean what can I say about him he's just a great striker and obviously he's had such a varied career as well you know, to to play from from Celtic to Barcelona to you know, he ended up being a, he went on loan to Manchester United um, for a season, um, and just generally he was a great striker. I mean, look, his record for Celtic: two hundred twenty-one league games, one hundred seventy-four goals. Uh, yeah, and, uh, and that's just league games. I imagine yeah. no. I, a quick spoiler, I'll just give you my next pick now. Um, Henrik Larsson. Oh, yes. <laughs> I, I've seen every single Larsson goal for Celtic 25 times. Every time I go to the game, every pub before it's got Henrik Larsson's best goals. Like from the very beginning to his very last goal. Um, and that's all that's ever on in any pub around it. He's, he's God um, for Celtic. Um and just such a phenomenal striker. And he doesn't get the credit he deserves purely because he played for Celtic. Because um, it's seen People as, forget. As he follows, yeah, it's, that's SPL, you know. And, and rightly so, the league's, the league's a farce at times. Um, but he was, like, just a standard. He could have went to any club in the world before he did. 
he just chose to stay loyal to Celtic because they were loyal to him when he broke his leg and um, he was not poor when he he just wasn't the last and he became um, he, he could have went to United the season before didn't bother went to United pretty much won them games enough to I think he, got, he played enough games to get a Premier League but winner's medal that year um, he changed the Champions League final when he came on against Arsenal um, just such an intelligent footballer I've scored I've seen him score so many different types of goals um, for the, not being as tall as the strikers his he, header mobility um, against Porto in the Champions League final uh, the, the Europa League final Euro, UEFA Cup whatever it was at the time um, just outstanding just his link up play with I mean with players like John Hartson and Chris Sutton he made them look you know top level um, I've, seen him, I've seen him score a diving header where he was running and he's, he almost left his feet at the edge of the 18 yard line like the way he dived and where he made contact with the ball was almost at the penalty spot um, he just threw himself that much oh, just just such a great player and I keep going back to hairstyles but he had one of those unique hairstyles when he first played for Celtic yeah he did the old school dreadlocks and then when he shaved them and he now looks weird with the dreadlocks because I've seen him bald for so long Um, but just I'm so glad somebody else has picked him especially not like a Celtic fan which is which is it's because of the it's because I went and it would always be because of that shirt that I bought you know I was in the country I saw it I had to have it Larson, great player on the back. I was like, you know, it was cause it was already pre-printed, so I was like, you know what, it's yeah. a great, great player to have on there. And it was one of those things where my body changed. I had that shirt for years, and my body changed a lot during those years. So, you know, it ended up being because I was like a small little fat chubby kid, and like, this shirt was massive. And then when I became a bit of a beanstalk, it was just a massive on me. And there's so many different pictures of me wearing it <laughs> over a couple of years. And I just loved it. It was a brilliant kit. I'll disagree on the kit just because it's a Barcelona one. Uh, but, <laughs> I can't find a picture of it, which is annoying. But wow, what a player, though, isn't it? It's just one of those players, like, another one that just enjoyed playing football. And he was a joy to watch. Um, like, I don't know how many people do it, but... I can recommend it. If you've got like a spare half an hour where you're flicking on YouTube, just go to any of the compilations of Larton's goals at Celtic. Um, forget about the standard of football he's playing against sometimes. Just, you can't score these goals if you're a terrible player. Um, I mean, the most famous one against Rangers, where he's, he, he just completely does two defenders. Then d- dinks like a German international goalkeeper um, from the edge of the box. Like in an old firm derby. You know, what's the important game of the season? People don't do that. <laughs> no, you shouldn't. Like, it's the games where it should be like tap-ins. You know, if you're one on one with the goalie, and you should be like sweaty cutback to make sure you score. And he's not making one defender going round the other and then dinking the goalkeeper. Um, just it's a filthy goal, and um, I'm glad I got to see him so many times. Um, being a regular going to Celtic Park, but. At times, I wish he left earlier to get the the career he probably deserved. You know, got that big move to a big European club. Now, don't get me wrong, Celtic and, and Rangers done quite well in Europe back then, but you know, it wasn't quite the upper nonchalant or Premier League or Spain or probably not so much Italy. But um, I just wish he'd got that move, say five years earlier. 
Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I'm glad you picked him as well. His legacy will always live on, though. Yeah, he'll never... It's just... I don't know, it's just... Yeah, he's just special, you know. I mean, Celtic have had that long list of number sevens. And with the players you mentioned, and he's right up there. I mean, people go on about, especially Scottish people, obviously Kerry Douglas and Jimmy Johnson is two of the greatest players Scotland's ever produced. Um, and for Larson, they were the same number seven at Celtic. Celtic fans consider him just as important, you know, as both guys. And um, I think he'll go down as a hero to a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, obviously, you said that you wanted to, to do... Obviously, you've given the next pick anyway, but you wanted to do your last pick before I did mine. Yeah, I'll give my last one. And uh, mine one's a, it's a very obvious one for Liverpool fans, and he has to be had. He was he was the reason I wanted to be a striker growing up. Um, the bleach blonde hair. Uh, I'm, I'm a guy who loves funky numbers as well. I like, I, I'm, I'm not a 1-11 guy. Uh, I, like, I like players having unique numbers and when Fowler came through as the number 23 um, and scoring goals from a young age you know kind of gave you that glimmer of hope that you could always be a professional footballer when you're seeing these like young guys coming through and making it look so easy um, but Robbie Fowler is my, my last pick um, God to, to all Liverpool fans his goal scoring record is phenomenal how he didn't get more England caps I, I have no idea um, but just you know Liverpool through and through a player we should never have sold at the time we got him back I was at the game he came back in and he almost well he scored the goal it was offside uh, like an overhead kick bicycle kick mm. and you should have heard the crowd I've never heard a crowd like that react you know because of who it was um, but just, just again one of those you know he's always going to have that affiliation with the club he's a Liverpool fan I mean there's not much more I can say on Hingy. His left foot was a wand. Scored so many important goals. But everybody knows Robbie Fowler. Um, and in that period of the 90s, just scary how how much natural finishing ability. One of the best natural goal scorers I, w- I would put my money on of any player in the world. You know, just had that, that killer instinct. Yeah, 100%. I mean... Watching him score so many goals, obviously not great as a say as a Chelsea fan, um, but what a player! He just he was your yeah, what, yeah as you said he was your club through and through and um, just good quality of goals as well. Yeah, he's, he's chip against Schmeichel, just love it. He just scores a this left foot dink over Peter Schmeichel, who goes down as probably the greatest goalkeeper the Premier League's ever seen. Um, and he does that to him and against I can't remember the European team I can never remember the name but he hits like this volley um, from like while out wide to the near post just smashes it in just had an absolute wand of a left foot um, yeah I mean if, even the famous like you, you remember moments and he does the the snort and celebration uh, <laughs> when all the reports yeah. in Liverpool he, he was on cocaine and he scores a goal and then starts the six-yard block line. It's just little moments, it's as childish as they are. You know, they're the ones that resonate with you all the time. I would never. There's no team in the world I would ever not have Fowler in, no matter what the rules were. He would be my one, a one constant in every team. Fair enough. Well, no, that's a, and that's a very good team as well. It, it is. Yeah. Well, we'll run through both teams at the end, but let's hear this last and unique target man. So, 
I'm having a look through his profile again just because you know I, I wanted to sort of remember a couple of things. Um, he was one of those players who, again, Chelsea player, but not so. It was either going to be this guy or Didier Drogba of another Chelsea striker because Drogba and, and Drogba was so close, but I just had to pick this guy. So Torre Andre Flo. Wow. Yes. Well. Just quickly, let's talk on Drogba, because I'm not sure how much he'll get mentioned yeah. going forward. But Drogba has to go down as one of the greatest number nines the Premier League's ever seen. You know, that out-and-out number nine solo striker. Um, 100%. I, I love him. He, the way he could hold the ball up, the way he'd muscle people out the way, the way he'd... You know, not the nicest part of the game. You know, he'd force the free kick on the, uh, you know, on the halfway line after a goal kick or whatever. And um, I mean, just it's so strong, so powerful. He could kill a game. Yeah, he, he was very clever. But, <laughs> I remember when he joined Chelsea, and the, his first season wasn't great. If I remember really, right, there, I thought this guy's not great. He's not really feeling it. I'm not really feeling it. And then he just all of a sudden hit the ground running. That I was talking to, to Dave Caron about this show. And Dave was the one who let me host this originally um, on his on his network when he was he was running it there. So we were speaking about it in general. And he was talking about coming on. And we were talking about Chelsea. Chelsea weren't. Unless you're a Chelsea fan, aren't the most popular teams as you? No, nope, we're not. Right. No, no, no. I can, but, I can live with that. But I was watching the Premier League years over recent times. You know, just going through them on YouTube, and Chelsea have had some phenomenal, phenomenal players and teams that the players are hard not to like. Like they are drug boys, you're an Elkers, and they just got the, the you know, the, the really the dark arts. Um, and I mean that's why they won't. That's why a lot of people dislike them, but if you, you know you you've got to have a bit of snide, especially as a striker, um, because you're not protected as much. And Drogba just knew how to, to win a free kick. I, I, what I love, my my best friends are a diehard Arsenal fan, and, and Drogba just embarrassed them every time he played them. Like he he was a guaranteed first goal scorer for about five games in a row. Uh, he just had something over them, um, and I just, I just love Drogba. But we're we're getting away from the the big man himself. He's a big, big, uh, obviously honourable mention in the team. But yeah, Torre Andre Flo. Um, when we're we're talking, you know, 1997, growing up, starting to watch more and more football as a youngin, as a as a youth, as Chris would say, um, and it just the amount of times that I'd watch. Chelsea put a ball into the box and he'd be there at the back post and he'd just smash it like smash the header in. And I'm, I'm pretty certain I watched a few of his goals and a lot of them were headers. I mean, he clearly knew what he was good at. Um, and it just what a guy. And I've, I've seen an, an important stat here. I mean, he made 163 league appearances for Chelsea. 70 were sub as a substitute, and he scored 50 goals. Which to me is a great, great rate of return for someone that was on the bench for a lot of their playing time. Uh, but I mean, the amount of times that I'd watch watch him play, and he, he was actually replaced by Good Johnson, who was already on this list, obviously. But just one of those players I grew up watching and just thinking, you know what, this is, you know, if it, back when you're young, thinking I'm, I want to be a footballer. You know, I wanted to be someone like him. I want to be able to get up above a, a 
others and head the ball in. And yeah, just a great player and for some reason he just resonates with me. When when I started to think about my team, for some reason he was the first person on my team sheet. See, that's good. That's I mean, that's the whole point we do this, you know, for the, the picks like that. And it's good to see what's happened. I always remember him from his Rangers days more than... I was about to say, he then moved... Cause I, didn't, I, I sort of forgotten that he'd moved over to Rangers. I mean, a £12 million yeah. in 2000. I think he was Rangers' most expensive signing when they signed him. Yeah, uh, yeah. He and it, most... it, he didn't go down well to begin with. Missed a lot of open goals against Celtic. Um, and didn't have the greatest uh, starts, but it's just looking there. It's seventy-two league games and forty goals. It's not um, a bad rate of return. Is it? it can't be league games because it's only two years, so it must be seventy-two. This stat must be all Rangers games. Because wait, that's... in the in the SPL, he looks like he scored twenty-two in forty-two. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a great return. So he's obviously done better than, but he'll just. I mean, Rangers fans weren't thinking about. I think it was more the the fee they paid. It was the highest fee of any Scottish club at the time. Yeah, and I'm sure it could could be wrong, but it may have been at the same time as either Hearts or Sutton going to Celtic. Okay. I could be wrong, like on the timeline, but you know it was give or take a couple of years. Yeah. But obviously, yeah. Flo was meant to be their alternative to to those guys. You know, the bigger striker, the target man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, he, he's done as much as he's mocked up here. His he stats definitely tally up. I mean, as you say, the, the sub appearances for Chelsea. I I want to say I remember a lot of him playing in the old, like in the in the European Cups. When, you know, yeah, it was the, like the like the yellow the old... top and the orange top they had. Yes. Always, yeah, yeah. Am I right in remember he played in those? Yeah, he played a lot in the European games. Yeah, and I think if that's... you look at his, his European stats, there was. His, his third season at Chelsea, he'd played 16 games in Europe and eight goals. Yeah, I think that's where I remember him the most. Like, um, it's, it's just those... When I think of those kits, I, I think of him and, like, Sazoa. You know, like... I know there were different times, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, those are the players that always... Because I always remember watching Chelsea in Europe um, in the old, like, the Cup Winners' Cup and the... The UEFA Cup at the time. Um, I remember making Chelsea and making a really good run in it. Um, and I, for some reason, I always liked those kits, that grey and yellow one. Um, yeah, just, yeah. You know, as, as, as you said at the start, me and you have kind of got the same like affiliation for kits. Um, and yeah, I, yeah, it's a, I really like that pick. It's kind of, it's not kind of out there as as Mark Viduka, but. <laughs> well, at least it's Ross will definitely have to be back on and I'm sure he'll pick Mark Vaduka again yeah he's promised me if he comes back on Vaduka's still in the team so uh, there's not much more you can you can do yeah you just leave him to it he's the boss as we say that's the thing he's the owner of it all now so you know he's uh, whatever he says goes yeah, don't, don't listen to this Ross your, your head's big enough <laughs> right, so before we go any further, let's I'll quickly run over both teams. So we have your team is a three four three. You've yep. picked Oliver Canningo, yep. Carlos Puyol, Marcel Desailly, and Roberto Carlos as your three centre halves. Yeah. Claude Makélélé as your defensive midfielder. Your uh, Mikel Balak and Frank Lampard as your centre midfielders. David Beckham playing attacking midfield, and then you've got Johnson and Larson supporting Tory Andre Flo 
with Beckham being your captain. Yes. I have gone three four three, which I changed on the fly, to Alan Main in goal, Lillian Taram, Sammy Hippier and Paulo Maldini making up my defence. Xavi Alonso and Roy Keane holding midfielders. Zidane Rakocha attacking midfielders. And Dirk Coit, Robbie Fowler and Henrik Larsson with Sammy Hippier as my captain. Very Premier League strong. Yes. Kind of sums up, again, the era we grew up in, though. So it was kind of always going to be to be that. 100%. And it'll be interesting to see throughout the next, obviously, next few months what people come in with based on different backgrounds and different footballing knowledge. And, and different it, ages gonna, as well. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So, yeah, it's definitely, it's going to be good. I'm, gl- I'm glad I've got you as my co-host. Thank you. Um, should be fun. We kind of, kind of, seem to be into the same sort of player and got the same kind of ideas on football as well, um, which is always quite nice. So, hopefully the more the guests come in, um, I'm on holiday for the next couple of weeks so we can try and get a couple couple stockpiled up um, and hopefully yeah. hopefully folk like it so if anybody wants to come on give myself Ryan or Ross a shout on Twitter which will, the Twitter handles will be in, in the, the post when we tweet it out um, Ryan are you anything to plug at the moment are you any shows out Nothing nothing major to plug. I mean, well, apart from the Man on the Post podcast, website, whatever, it's going to be it's going to be a massive season for us. Um, obviously, we've got a Patreon now that is live with the website. I've personally been doing loads of work on and, and it's getting really good. And so basically all the posts, all the podcasts will be on there. We'll have opinion and editorial pieces by people um throughout the throughout the year and you know what it's going to be it's going to be a good season uh for man on the post obviously that's the biggest thing to plug is just our own stuff <laughs> yeah i echo i mean I've, I've just come on board and as i say i can't find call you guys enough for letting me me be a part of it the website's looking really good i had a look at that today um as you say the the patreon if everybody can you know if you can donate anything at all to support us uh, Ross and Ryan and a lot of these guys are putting hours and hours of time um, making Man in the Post what it is and the content that you, you guys put out over the World Cup was just phenomenal um, and it's just nice to be able to contribute with something different to the, the more serious stuff and bringing this well, I wouldn't call it the stuff we do serious <laughs> well, more of a serious conversation over sensible football rather than talk yes um, yeah, yeah. but yeah so it's for anybody listening, you you should know because you're listening to the show anyway. But it's at Man in the Post on Twitter, and is it just Man in the Post dot uk? Man the Post dot com dot com for the website. Uh, what's your Twitter handle, Ryan? My Twitter handle is at the Ryan Goodman, and mine is at Ali Thompson eighty four. Give us both a follow. Let us know what your thoughts of the show are and any changes of that you think. Kingy, we're always up for for ideas. Um, let, let us know your thoughts on the teams and if you want to pop on just fire us a message brilliant All right, thanks for listening guys see you next week uh-huh.